In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What up, what up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game podcast here with John LaRocca in our normal Friday morning slot. John, what's going on? It's going good. How are you doing? Pretty good. I just got done watching, Crystal and I watched the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. 30 years since the first episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, I feel old now. Thanks. (laughs) Was it like just like the old show highlights and interviews at the? No, the they cast? brought it, they brought everyone back who is still with us. James Avery, who played Uncle Phil, passed away about seven yeah. years ago. But they even brought back the first Aunt Viv. Oh wow! Who had nothing nice to say about Will or that show after she left? <laughs> but Will Smith, like a Vince McMahon, brought her back. Well, he's supposedly the one. That caused her to leave. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, in the end of the day, he still babyfaces himself and brings back the original Aunt Viv after all this controversy. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. If you have HBO Max and you are a fan of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I would say it's a must-watch. A lot of fun stuff. I, I, I'm pretty sure that this is like a Will Smith production. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm sure his production company had everything to do with it but still it was, it was still fun it was lot, lots of fun times lots of clips it's cool seeing uh, all those folks after all these years so must watch for hbo max people um what uh, something else we cool that we did today we meaning the fight game podcast facebook group is we did a q a with brian alvarez of f4w online and the author of death of wcw he uh, that book was our no uh, our actually october book club book and he agreed to jump on and we had about i don't know 15 people and uh did did some q a and he answered questions about that wcw versus uh, wwf era from the late 90s and that was a lot of fun that podcast so I recorded it on Zoom. So it's not our normal audio setup, but that should be as a podcast up in this feed, not next week because next week is Thanksgiving, but the following week, I will put that into this feed and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then at some point, I think I'll probably put the video up as well. I got to check it out and see how it looks. You know, it's Zoom. So, you know, the, the quality uh, is this is okay. It should be okay. I just don't know if it's all that interesting to just to watch the screen change to our faces when we talk, but that'll be up there uh, on our YouTube channel at some point. So, you know, this, it, like, it's a cool thing for people who like doing that stuff, who like reading a book, like, you know, Brian, it's one of the more famous wrestling books of the last uh, 15 years. And we're going to have Dave on next month to talk about his new Wrestling Observer book, the 97, 1997 year uh, of Observers. But 
you know, we're doing that through the group. So if you like that stuff, if you want to read these books with us, if you want to jump on the Q&A, you got to join the Fight Game Podcast Facebook group. So that's the way, that's the avenue to to jump on that stuff with us. And yeah, I think we're going to do that one. Uh, we, I have a couple of other book ideas. I've already spoken to one of the authors of a book that's fairly recent and he agreed to come on. So we'll either do that for... Um, uh, December or January. So yeah, lots of fun stuff with that. And then I know this is a lot of preview. This is a lot of intro, but I kind of wanted to set up next week because you and I are going to take the week off from doing our normal show. So we'll be, we'll have to watch AEW and NXT, uh, as a fan instead of as a reviewer, cause we won't be able to talk about it unless you just decide to like jump on, uh, your computer and do like a solo podcast or something because you have to talk about it. <laughs> um, or maybe you'll maybe uh, you'll get to talk to Baby Huey again. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just on his uh, his podcast uh, in the Click podcast. So that just just dropped uh, dropped last night. So um, it was a lot of fun, and uh, you're definitely gonna have me back on again. And he definitely wants to get my my uh, thoughts and on AEW. So. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to going on there again and sharing my views, and that's kind of what attracted him to me. Or he knew about me from uh, APW stuff, but uh, he just you know enjoyed my my takes on AEW because they're a lot different than what he would read on. You know, they're a little more detailed and different than what he'd read on uh, online. So it was a lot of fun. And so Monday, normally you and I have our WCW Saturday Night recap that will be there this upcoming Monday. But uh, on top of that, uh, I interviewed a woman uh, who goes by the Twitter name of Lady Wrestling X. Her real name is uh, Keila Cash, and she does uh, her own podcast. She reviews AEW and NXT. She reviews Raw. She reviews SmackDown. And the fact that she does these pretty much by herself uh really intrigued me so i wanted to talk to her that'll be part of our create content creator series but instead of being on wednesday like we just did one with uh andreas hale it'll it'll be on monday instead because i needed something with our wcw reviews so no wednesday show but the content creator with akila cash and our wcw saturday night plus clash of the champions i guess review will be on monday and then on thursday in lieu of our normal show we are going to review survivor series 1996 so that'll be the thanksgiving it'll it'll be up wednesday rather than thursday because i want i want people to you know probably wednesday night sometime but I, I want people to kind of, you know, if you are going to be super busy on Thanksgiving and you'd rather listen to it on uh, Wednesday, it'll be up probably late in the evening on Wednesday for folks. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, then we'll come back. We, we'll have to figure it out. Maybe we'll record on the weekend um, or, or something for that Monday show. Maybe we'll still do something for WCW Saturday night the following Monday. But I just wanted folks to know what the schedule was next week. You'll still have two shows we're not going dark uh we're, we're just doing a little bit of uh pre-recording so that you have all that stuff um that also means though no ufc recap podcast with john moxley like we'd done the previous two ufc shows uh no uh no real 
UFC coverage unless I, I can uh, find someone to to to, do, to watch the show and review it on the website, which may happen. I, I just can't do it myself because I'm going to be out of town. And then uh, also Survivor Series is Sunday. And because I'm out of town, we won't have any real podcast coverage of Survivor Series. But Andrew Marshall, who's been writing about WWE for us, and <clears throat> I think he's going to have a sort of Survivor Series memories post up on Friday. Uh, he's agreed to do the play-by-play, so I'll, I'll tweet that out when he gets that going. But uh, he'll he'll cover it for the website because I'm I'm I don't even know when I'm going to be able to watch that show. Probably sometime in the middle of the week, I'll 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 get a chance to watch it. Uh, but yeah, so that's, I know there's a long preamble, but I just wanted folks to know what the game was uh, so that, uh, you know, because it's going to be different next week. There's The shows are going to be a little bit different and you and I aren't going to do our normal thing. And that's like, that's probably like the first, that's the first time since AEW and NXT went head to head that we will not have a, uh, a live or not a live, but a, a review of both shows head to head. Yeah, I know. It makes me sad. I think we should do it. So bring your bring your stuff to your vacation and uh, let's get it going. Let's get it. Yeah, that, that, that'll be very nice for everyone there for me just oh, to yeah. bust yeah. the computer out. Everyone be quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so a couple things before we get to that AEW versus NXT review that we usually do. We mentioned this on the podcast with John Moxley last week that Connor and Dustin Poirier was possibly happening at UFC 257. Dustin uh, signed his bout agreement. And just today, it looks like Conor McGregor signed his bout agreement. So you've been pretty cold on these UFC shows of late. Is Does this one get you a little bit excited? Oh, yeah, man. Anytime Conor's fighting, it's it's uh, it's must-see TV. So I'm pumped for this. Um, should be a really good fight. Um, Conor hasn't been fighting. Dustin has. Right now, my gut says Dustin ticked W on this one. We'll see what uh, where Connor's head at, where his uh, if he wants to prove something or he's just collecting the money. We'll, we'll, we'll see. So, uh, but either way, I, he's going to be he's going to make it entertaining. Connor's going to be doing his best to uh, build up the fight, and uh, it's always fun. And Dustin's game too to talk a little trash to build up the fight. So, um, I'm, I'm I'm down to watch it. I'm, I'm probably gonna. I mean, I'll uh, hang out with uh, call up my buddy Matt Del Rosa and go meet him up at his his house, and we'll take in some uh, UFC 257. The fight in of itself, I, I I'm probably still going to pick Connor. I just think stylistically, he's uh, he's if he hasn't lost too much, I think on the feet he's just too good there for Dustin. But Dustin is such a competitor, and if Connor has slipped at all, I think Dustin will uh, will will definitely find out because Dustin is is such a game fighter. But yeah, that's something to look forward to. Like these next two UFC shows, <clears throat> we had, <clears throat> I had Meltzer on Monday, and we went over the two fifty five show, which is this weekend with uh, the Figueredo fight and the Shevchenko fight, and it's just like man, like. It, this is a, a pay-per-view really for the diehards only though you know i would love to watch the show and if i wasn't out of town i would totally watch the show and buy the show 
<clears throat> on uh, pay per view, but I'm out of town. That's why I can't watch it. But yeah, like this is this is a, a this is more like a I would say more of a, a treat for the hardcores because I'm sure that there are fights that they want to they want to see. I, I, there's a fight on the undercard, uh, brand the Brandon versus Brandon fight that I really am pumped to to try and watch. So we'll see. I have you know I'll, I'll have my iPad out there, so I'll be able to pick some things here and there. But I just won't be able to watch the whole thing. Uh, okay, uh, another thing I wanted to get your two cents on. NXT UK, which when it comes to actual coverage and people watching, it's literally like two people that I know. One (laughs) of them is you and one of them is Paul Fontaine. But you both actually, you know what? Um, Someone who else was saying that they watched it? Jeremy watches it. Is it Jeremy? Yeah, I know he watches, or at least maybe he just tunes in for certain matches. But uh, not that maybe it was like JD or something, but uh, but everyone's saying it's so great. But I, I know the consumption is really low; like it doesn't even really rank very highly on the WWE Network. But um, what, what? So tell me about you know the. I, I know we we talked a little bit about the return, but how's it been so far? Uh, it's been good. You know, they have no crowd. Oh, there is like some fake audio noise of like some crowd, but it's like really, it's almost like if they really did have like 25 people there and they were like uh-huh. making some noise. So really brilliant what they do with the production wise. It looks great that, uh, was it with BT sports studio or something like that in England or the UK? That just looks really good. Little studio. Um, they added the Thunderdome aspect, which I didn't think they really needed on that show, but mm-hmm. it's not as like, doesn't take away that much but it's really good overall um of course the match a lot of people were talking about happened a couple weeks ago actually on my birthday which they booked specifically for me um was the uh walter and uh Ilya dragunov uh match which is tremendous and um the, you know we talk about the pandemic era the covid era uh with no fans in attendance how would you do a match you know this, they they did they did it perfectly right mm-hmm you know obviously the hard strikes and and the physicality and all work safely but they were just so brilliant at it and you know Elia's just such a unique worker and walter is just a throwback to just the bruises of the past so um it was a it was a classic and the the wrestling's consistent um there's i mean there's some low points too uh some of the women's division matches haven't been up to snuff you know but um you know when it comes to the top tier of the women you know kaylee ray i think is one of the best wrestlers in the world uh, of the women wrestlers uh but uh, the tag wrestling's good um for some reason i haven't seen tyler bait yet or the grizzled young veterans i don't know if they're just injured or or they personally have some kind of underlining medical conditions where they don't you know want to partic- participate during this covid time and the pandemic time so um i don't know what's going on in the story there but uh, you know they're missed i would like to see them but they've been doing this uh tournament uh the heritage cup it's the old british round style so they have like uh five three minute rounds or six three minute rounds and uh, it's very unique and it's it's to the finals now, so then and that will happen in two weeks. And this week's episode had a Kaylee Ray and Piper Niven in a I think a Falls Count Anywhere match. So um, it's a consistent one hour television show. It's easy to watch. Um, I wish more people would watch it because it's the UK roster is pretty freaking talented, and they just mm-hmm. added uh, 
Rampage Brown to their roster, and he's just like a throwback to just an ass kicker. He's, he was such a talent on this on this uh, last episode, and really can't play. And they really booked him correctly. A squash got over the job guy. He was working not really a job guy. He's um, uh, Jack Stars, a good little worker, like almost like a. I guess you could say like a Brad Armstrong, you know, like a technical guy. It's a baby face, gives his all. Sometimes he doesn't win all of them. Sometimes he you know, sometimes loses most. But um, really uh, good little ma- – a perfect match to get over a, a, a new act in. So I highly recommend people checking it out. I think they'll be, uh, you know, surprised, and I think you'll I think you'll they'll stay with it. All right. One more thing before we get to the review. I, I, you, I It's not a gigantic thing, but I think it's – Something that is pretty near and dear to your heart, which is on the New Japan Strong Show on Friday, we have a Jeff Cobb versus J.R. Kratos matchup. Guys who wrestled each other for premiere a couple of different times. And uh, what do you think about this, Jr.? They put him over in the tag match, and then he and Jeff uh, have history together, and they're going to have a singles match on Friday. I thought it's it's awesome. Um, you know, those guys were cornerstones for me for Premiere and um you know, they helped build that that brand and uh set the stage for the quality of wrestling that that I really wanted to present and and um and they and they delivered for me. So I always will be you know, in their debt for what they've done in the ring for me. And um Jeff Cobb was you know already in New Japan, so he's established there, but JR Kratos, you know, he's He's such a talent. He's just, you know, just even though he's been in the game for a while, he's finally getting his foot in the door of these bigger companies. And I think people are starting to really see his uh, talent. And, you know, he's a big guy. Doesn't look like your next door neighbor. You know, doesn't look mm-hmm. like a, a, a high school kid. Like he's he's a man. Right. <laughs> he's a, and so he comes out, has that great look and great stare. And you just think, oh, man, this guy's going to kick some ass. So um, him and Jeff Cobb have some great matches together. They've they've wrestled each other up and down Northern California, even Southern California uh, for premiere. They had a couple of matches. One match they had in San Jose, which was one of our was one of the best uh, matches of premiere. And I remember being just so overwhelmed by it. I was like emotional, a little you know, just because it was such a beautiful match. And I ended up going back. You know, <laughs> but here's the thing: they probably don't want me to say this, but here's the thing. I go, I go you're, back. You're telling me that those guys cried? No way! But I don't. No, not now. I say they're crying, but I won't go that far. But they're they were they were really. I mean, I went back there to go, you know, say thank you and everything, and what a what a hell of a performance! And they were just so like over the moon about it, and just like you know, because they're brothers, man. They're like really legit. I mean, brothers and stuff. So, but now they're on opposite sides. So, and they're brothers. But when they get in the ring, man, they're they just they're they're uh, competitors and and they like to one up each other and they bring out the best of each other. So, for the fans that watched New Japan uh, Strong on the New Japan World uh, 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 streaming service, they're in for a treat this Friday. So, don't miss it. I'm not going to miss it for sure. I'm definitely that's my Friday night plan is definitely to watch Jeff Cobb and JR Creator slug it out again. Jeff turned heel in New Japan this yeah. week or last week? Yeah, he's uh, with uh, the... Oh, I don't know if they're called the King. What are they called? The uh, Will Ospreay's group with... Uh, Great O'Conn. Great, Great O'Conn and B. Priestley. So, yeah, he's uh, he's part of that group. And he's doing the TZ in the tag tournament with Great O'Conn. So, and they're doing pretty well. So. Yeah, 
Cool. Re- really cool to hear about those guys. I love hearing about those guys. Yeah, he just, I haven't watched it yet, but Jeff Cobb, I think one of the first matches of the tournament that he got to wrestle uh, Tanahashi in the tournament. So, mm. uh, someone he's looking forward to wrestling. So, I got to go back and watch that too. I might just do that on Friday night as well, which a match I've been wanting to see just, you know, for him and, you know, I, because I, you know, he respects Tanahashi so much and, and, um, they had a good bond, you know, when they first, when he met, when they first, uh, when Jeff Cobb first arrived, he Tanahashi took liking to him. So I want to see how they work together. And I'm sure Tanahashi is going to do his best to really make Jeff Cobb look like a beast. All right. So uh, before we get to our NXT and AEW reviews, let's take a quick break to talk about Indeed. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. So go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through the end of the year, so you have about... Five and a half weeks here or so, December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right. You had a tweet about, you know, you're going to tell the story of certain things on uh, on the podcast, which is awesome. You were doing a little promotion for folks to get them excited for like your takes. You like it? You like that? Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, it's called business. It's called business, baby. <laughs> um, so, but based on that tweet, I imagine that our takes on this show are going to be a little bit different. This is AEW. Um, AEW. Um, yeah. Um, so let's start with AEW, and I'll let you go first, just to uh, to change it up a little bit. If you want to start with your likes, are you ready for this one? Yep. I liked Young Bucks versus Top Flight. <laughs> okay, so... Were you surprised by this? No, do you know why I'm not surprised? Because you are somebody who really likes young talent. Mm-hmm. And I know you like seeing things in young talent and seeing possibilities and seeing your your creative juices start to go. And I'm sure you, you booked the next uh, five weeks with Top Flight already in your head. I assumed that you would like them. I didn't know if you would like the match, but I thought you would like their debut. Um, you know, I, I'd like the match. It's not my style, obviously. Um I would like to see a little more wrestling mixed in. It was, but for, you know, for these young guys, I've seen them work before on, um, I think I talked about this last week. You know, when I, when I saw that they were going to, they were supposed to wrestle last week on dark or mm-hmm. on, um, on AEW, they've advertised it, but they pulled it. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, I want to check it out. And so I watched a couple of the matches they had on dark and, eh, you know, it was just impressive athletes and, you know, gymnasts and whatnot. But like, I wasn't really impressed with the, their fundamentals, but here, you know, they 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 worked the Young Bucks match and they kept up. Um, they were, you know, and I know they probably, you know, they're not knocking them, but you know, it's, they 
they went over this a bunch of times and they stuck, you know, they kept up with the young bucks and they, they delivered, they got over, they got themselves over. I, re- I was really impressed with mostly about not even the match was the promo before the show, mm-hmm. before the match. I really liked the little uh, vignette on them to kind of introduce them and talk about their story, gets you and gets you engaged there and you want them. And then all of a sudden now you're automatically rooting for them. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of them and how they grow. Here's the thing though. They kind of remind me of private party, right? Similar kind of young team. Except um, they're, they're better. Except they are better. Yes, I know. I know they are better in my opinion. So this is what I would do with them. I just feel like they might get stuck like every, like the rest of the teams kind of like, you know, here and there, they, they, everyone's going to do a big match and they're now they're doing dark, blah, blah, blah. I think what they should use now that, uh, on the, on the pay-per-view when we saw Don Callis, right. Mm-hmm. He was there for as a favor to Kenny Omega to, to call his match to Adam page on full gear. What I would do is I would send top flight to Don Callis for impact wrestling and let them wrestle there for a year and be featured on their show, do promos on television, um, you know, make a name for themselves there or get people, you know, seen there and finally get it to where they get the experience enough and, and, you know, season working on television, even though it's a smaller scale and, you know, you, it's a smaller scale, but also it's a good time to get their feet wet with television, right? Instead of national television on TNT, you know, access TV is a perfect place for them. And then in a year, Bring them back, and then people maybe people will salvagate for another Young Bucks uh, top flight match because you know the first one was really entertaining. We saw them be tag champs as Impact, and they would put on these good matches, and then they they the highlights of Impact, etc. Hopefully that's the case, and then now they're back in AEW. Now we want to see them versus Young Bucks again. So I think uh, I was thinking a lot about this with that Impact. There's no relationship there as of yet, but. I would open it up and, and send people there because, for example, like Will Hobbs, right? Will Hobbs, we saw, um, you know, when you see a guy that's impressive, like you, you're impressed with. I would not personally put him on dark to lose for like five straight weeks or whatever it was, was you know. If I'm impressed with him, I see something in him right away, just visually. I want to see what he can do. I'd, I'd put him out there, but not tape it, right? I tape it for my own viewing and research. And then if you see something in this kid... Send him to Impact. Let him get mm-hmm. on Impact. Let him get season there. Let him get some TV work in there. Um, it's no pressure situation. Like I said, it's not a, like a billion eyes on them. It's a really small audience for access, on Access TV. Get some seasoning and bring him on back. That's that's how I would use Impact. I was really thinking about this, and I was thinking about writing an article on for Fight Game uh, Media, but I'm just going to talk about it right in here, right now. So that's what I do. Top Flight. I think. Hey, here's they are. This is them. We're going to send them to Impact and follow them there and please support Impact. And I would let Don Callis and Scott Demore get them over and and feature them. And then, you know, when they're ready to come back, you know, bring them back to AEW, just like, you know, Dusty Rhodes sent Magnum TA to itself. And Bill Watts got him over and, and got him seasoning. And then when he came to Crockett, he was, you know, ready to go to be a big superstar. So you mentioned that Don Callis and Kenny Omega, uh, J.D. Oliva wrote, uh, a really cool piece. Uh, he talked to Don, and he—I think he—I uh, don't know if he actually talked to Kenny. He may have uh, had like an email conversation with Kenny. Uh, 
But basically about their relationship, I thought that was a really cool article. I think mo- a lot of that stuff was was sort of known, but JD put it together very nicely. And, you know, I, I know Don Callis is, you know, he's a little bit of a self-promoter there. So there was a little bit of that in there. But that's, you know, he, yeah, that's part of what makes him a, a really fun wrestling personality. Yeah, yeah, Don Callis, he's, he's always entertaining, and I, you know, actually, I liked him when he was doing commentary on that match with Omega and Pat and Page. I was, was kind of like, man, I kind of wish it was just JR and Don Callis, you know, I thought mm-hmm. that they'd, they'd make a great team for AEW. Okay, so, I mean, pretty much, I, I agree with just about everything you said. I mean, I don't know if Impact and AEW would do a, a talent trade, per se, um, but I, I mean, if I'm if I'm AEW, I'm like, oh, I'd rather trade private party. <laughs> I'd like to have flight better. Well, yeah, them too. I mean, that, that's another, that's another, you know, team that can benefit from going to impact and get some seasoning. It doesn't need to be a trade. It could just be simply, I mean, I'm sure you could trade and you know, I'd, I'd take it Eddie Edwards or, mm-hmm. um, uh, Eric Young or something like that to do some stuff with, but like, it'd be more beneficial for impact too, to get these guy, young kids and you know, they need talent. They're losing talent. As we've seen, you know, so they, they can replenish there with some young talent who's, you know, under contract with another promotion and they can use them and feature them. And it's, I think it just works for everyone and helps both both companies in the long run. All right. What else was on your likes list? I like John Moxie promo. I think I say this every week now. I think uh, it's one of my, you know, I think he, I just love the story about his dad and mm-hmm. how he, how he bookend the story about, uh, you know, being the good guys. And I uh, thought that, that was really good. This is the, John Mox is a great promo. He's a great Bayface promo, and like like we said last week, you just believe him as mm-hmm. he's he as a fighting champion, as a as just a fighter who's game for anything. So here's another great one. And I'm not. What do you think about the lighting of these promos? Sometimes I think it's a little theatrical, but you know, mm-hmm. like I just kind of I, I miss the old like I know it's little 80s or even 70s, but like the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. The locker room the, and the lockers in the back, but then like the echo because they're in a real locker room. You know, I, I know it maybe doesn't really fit maybe for nowadays like for teacher productions, but just I, just I think the other the, the other thing though is a lot of times when he does these promos, I'm not sure they're in Jacksonville. Oh yeah, he could be producing Vegas, right? Yeah, they may be in Vegas. No, oh, okay, yeah. But either way, I just uh, it's really, I thought this was really good, and, and um, he got me interested in the uh, he got me interested in the in, in the the world title match. I don't know if Kenny did, but yeah, J- Moxley at least got me interested in the title match coming up. Okay, what do you think about? Okay, you you only have two weeks to mm-hmm. tell this story, right? Until until the match, so you have two TVs, uh, I should say, before the match. Maybe if you had four TVs or three TVs, you do the knockout Moxley thing. Mm-hmm. But I just I just wonder if there's enough time because so next week Moxley's got to find out who knocked him out, and then we're also supposed to tell the story of of the build to this big title match like i i I don't know i I don't know if i like that i'm guessing we're not going to find out next week i think we're going to find out at the the championship match and i wouldn't doubt it if i mean i had this as my third like the attack just not not that i really liked it it's just like at least it was some kind of a mystery like i was like okay who did it and i was interested um i kind of feel it was adam page you know, mm-hmm. so and maybe they're not going to break up. Him and I think Omega. they they want us to think it's Archer, right? Oh yeah, but it's not Archer. It's not Archer. You know, I mean Jake Roberts at ringside the whole time. You know, so 
he was out there. So I don't think it was, I don't think it's Archer. I think it was, I think maybe Anna Page, maybe he did on his own, right? Maybe he's trying to get it back in favor with Kenny or something. And I don't know. He was so, he's been so flipping emotional. (laughs) I know. I know. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I know. He's like, he went from badass cowboy shit to, uh, a person with just, he's just, you know, crushed feelings and pain and hurt and drinking and what if it was Hobbs no because he's involved with uh, Darby Allen and all that stuff but he was supposed to be in the tag match right like until they had to change plans like he was that was going to be his big his big moment right and then it didn't happen yeah but no I don't think he's involved I think it's I really do think it's Adam Page or you know maybe the Young Bucks I don't know but uh, but I'm I'm thinking it's Adam Page, and I'm thinking maybe Kenny didn't know anything about it. He's trying to win favor back with uh, Kenny. Yeah, I think so. And but like I like the attack, but I didn't like the whole segment. Um, this so I kind of had a like you know it's like a you know two and a half likes this week. Um, I just didn't like Kenny's deal with the contract signing. Like he's just so like uh, I know. I don't know, like, like, pump me up, man. Get me ready. I'm, I'm not saying cut the typical screaming, yelling promo. You don't need to do that. But you know, but like, you know, you know the what this. Uh, so I think, I think he's obviously he's being a heel for one. But you know, it's a callback to um, the uh, when Moxley was uh, had the staff infection or whatever, and mm-hmm. then plans had to change, and so it's a little bit of a callback to that, which I like, but it's very subtle, and you have to sort of pay attention. You know, this is a, a thing. Um, I you know I, I feel super privileged to be able to talk to someone like Mike Tanay. And so I asked him on the air in the podcast that I did with him and Big Dave, and I was like, you know, sometimes when you watch AEW, if you follow every step of the way, you usually get rewarded. It's I think they sort of have the comic book as like like they want to tell stories sort of like comic books, right? Where you if you pay attention, you know, for the last five years and you followed the Young Bucks and you followed FTR and you followed all the trash talking, then they pay off this poetic moment with um FTR, uh, who was it? Was it was it Dash uh, or, or uh, doing the the uh, the four fifty? Mm-hmm. Because you know the whole thing was cash. it was the cash. It, it was a uh, you know f- no uh, f- fists, not flips. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, we're gonna one up you at your own game, and then he missed, and they hit them. It's like if you're paying attention very closely to that story, they they paid it off, but. If you didn't pay that much attention, and if you didn't follow the trash talk on Twitter, and if you didn't follow the stuff on the indies, you just kind of wonder, why the hell is he doing a 450? Mm -hmm. And so I asked Mike today, I said, you know, how much of this should be subtle and how much of this should be like hit us over the head so we sort of expect it to come and I think he's of the opinion that AEW needs to hit us over the head a little bit more mm-hmm. with stuff. And so in this sense, um I felt sort of similarly like, you know, Kenny is out there saying certain things where if I think about it I go, "Okay, I know what that's that I know what he's referencing there." But how many people know exactly what he's referencing? You don't you shouldn't have to 
you know, go into your memory bank and like think too hard. Like it should be a little bit more. They should they should remind you a little bit more. So that's the part of it that I wasn't sure that I liked. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of times they do. They do that. They just think that everyone's watches everything they do and or their history, and they don't. A lot of these, a lot of, they have a lot of newer fans too. So I mean at least some new friends. So they need to like set things up. I just think the emotion of Kenny Omega, I know he's just doing this nonchalant thing, but like at this point in time, like it's time to start ramping things up. Cause you only have a couple more weeks to the title match. I really want to see this guy like say, I'm going to be the man. I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to take my spot. Just, but show more emotion in it. Just kind of, just kind of casually talk about it. Um, I did get kicked out. The pin wasn't, uh, he didn't have the ball off the little felt, the little pin on there. So <laughs> when he was, <laughs> He had he had to do a he had to do a sad circle to make sure it's working at the, once he got the ball off that was and uh, the my favorite part is Jim Ross well we're on live TV <laughs> you know but uh, yeah it's just kind of a you know blob at ending of the segment but at yeah, least they're, the, they're, the attack they're is interesting re- they're really gonna have to make next week's show all about that match because they don't they just don't have enough time like if if they're trying to really pop that rating with that match you know they 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 really really need the uh, the time to do it and maybe maybe it's just all of next week by the way um paul fontaine he uh writes up the the basically the ratings story for the week of all the wrestling shows on fight game media and um he actually did something that was pretty interesting and he even he even wrote that this is not the the data is not great yet be, because he only has about a month's worth of data. Mm-hmm. But what he tried to do is he tried to figure out the average viewers of each wrestler's segment for the last weekend. Who are the highest average viewers and who are the lowest average viewers? Again, this is only the last four weeks. That does not tell the whole story. He's probably going to have to go back to September. And then August, and then obviously he'll have November. He, if he gets a quarter's worth of data, then it then it may start to actually mean something. But do you know who has the highest? And we're talking about both AEW and NXT. Who has the highest average viewers for their segments in the month of October? Uh, uh, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> it is Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, I figured. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, Cody Rhodes is second. Uh, Oni Lorcan is third. That may have something to do with uh, who he's with. Yeah, who he's with. Uh, Johnny Gargano and uh, the Kip Miro combination. So no. th- you know th- that's why you know the 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 data is a little wonky. Like Jericho's tenth, you would expect Jericho to be a little bit higher. Oh whoa whoa! Don't tell him that. I know he's he's the he's the demo god. Um, no young bucks. I'm, I'm assuming because well, they were in know, real wrestling on television. Well, that, but yeah, they, they, they had segments though. That, same, same with Moxie, right? He does like a five minute promo, which doesn't really equate to uh, you know to that to that segment. But um, the bottom, if you were to guess who were the who was on the bottom on all shows for the uh, for the month? Oh man, oh. this one actually makes a lot of sense for both shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tell me. Zia Lee. Okay. Well, we'll see and, what's and, going on with her. And, and it makes sense because... She's on short matches. And well, she, yeah, she was so doing nothing. Yeah. Then she was in short matches, and then they threw her into something. So, I, for her sake, I hope it turns into something because, you know, 
it, 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 you're hoping that it, when they utilize new talent, kind of new talent, mm-hmm. that it, it, it helps, you know, it works for them. Um, but Killing Dane and Drake Maverick, surprisingly, were second worst. Uh, then Shotzi. This is it's it's mostly uh, NXT because it is the lower the lower rated show. Uh, Serena Deeb from is the only one on uh, AW to show up on this list, and then the people who actually move the ratings in October. This is where Jericho and MJF are one two. They actually add an increase of over forty thousand viewers for uh, for their segment. Um, Candice LeRae is the highest person in NXT right now. Damian Priest is right behind her. Raquel, Rhea Ripley right there. Um, and then the worst, the ones who actually lose, and this makes a lot of sense to me based on watching this stuff. Santos Escobar and Jake Atlas are the top. They lose 100,000 viewers when they come on the screen. Now, again, this is... This is, uh, you know, in, in baseball, when when you have statistics and analytics, unless you have a really dense amount of, of statistics, they just say, oh, small sample size. That's exactly what this is, right? It's a small sample size. It's Paul also trying to stitch together what things mean. Soon, he, he will probably have a pretty good, uh, a pretty good graph of of this stuff right now it's just kind of you know it is what it is right now but i I thought that was interesting and and so then the last thing he said was uh, he sent me an email tonight uh he said the stuff that works in uh in aew is the comedy stuff you'll you'll generally see increases in in the average viewers for comedy stuff with MJF, Orange Cassidy, Jericho, Best Friends. He says the straight wrestling with not a ton of high spots does not do very well in the ratings, which sort of explains their match style. Uh, But the wild brawls and a lot of the high-flying wrestling generally does well in the ratings. So that that was really interesting. You know, he's, he's... trying to do some interesting stuff with the information that he has he he doesn't get you know the the super detailed stuff that Meltzer gets but then when Meltzer writes about it then he can use that information so I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of what Paul does with the rating stuff but every you know about an hour hour and a half after the AEW and NXT rating goes up he has a piece on fight game media where he tries to explain where things are going so I just wanted to shout him out because he's doing really really strong work with that stuff Okay, so um, the only the only thing I liked that was not on your list because everything that you had was was on that list that I on mine the the thing and and I seem to be in the minority here. I liked I really liked the first half of the inner circle going to Las Vegas because what it reminded me of was uh, a show that I really loved, which was The Entourage on HBO. Mm -hmm. And that's what it reminded me of. It was just like these, like, dudes who are hanging out. You're not sure the relationship with all of them, but overall, they're they're friendly, but they're not always trusting of each other. And I I thought there was some fun stuff in those videos. And, you know, anytime you shoot Las Vegas, like Las Vegas becomes a part of it. And Las Vegas is like the star Mm -hmm. of the segment. But I had a lot of fun with that. I didn't like part two as much because then it just became a hangover ripoff. And I've seen that movie before, so I didn't need to see 
that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I liked the first half of it because it felt like, you know, there, maybe there was also a little bit of like, man, I wish I could go to Vegas right now. <laughs> because that's it just true. looked like so much fun. I was like, ah, yeah, that's I want to hang out with those dudes right now. That's the, only, that's the only pause I took out of it was just, man, I wish I was in Vegas and partying. But um, I, mean, I didn't really like this, those segments at all. I thought, you know, I think the only thing I liked about him was that I thought like people were good in it, like just their timing and stuff like that. Sammy was really good in this segment. Um, a little too played up for joke, really. I, I, I kind of wish it was played a little more straighter with the with the goofiness. I think they could have did a little balance there. Um, I was just thinking like this is. I was just thinking about the stuff in the past. And I was thinking like this. You know, this is the inner circle. This is their top heel group. This is the cool guys, right? And I'm thinking like compared to like growing up, there was like you know the four horsemen with like limousines with hot chicks and and the champagne and and looking everyone looking like dressed to the nines and then evolution where they're just freaking making out with chicks in a in a limo and just even a music video type kind of like vignette and you're just like damn man, I want to be I want to beat those guys and you you know and stuff like that so just different you know different. Uh, different time i guess but to me it but, just- but you know you know what is different though and this is really this is something that we should be thinking is positive for AEW is it's not just a bunch of white dudes right like that's what makes this thing cool to me four horsemen are great evolution was great. Dave Batista is not just a white dude either. He's he's I was say he's not white, right? He's Filipino. <laughs> but when you mix the uh you know, when you have a mix with uh, pride, uh proud and powerful, you have a mix with Sammy Guevara even though they make fun of his uh, Spanish. Mm-hmm. I like that part because you're seeing different faces than you would normally see in wrestling as the cool group, right? NWO, bunch of white dudes. So this, hey, hey, hey Virgil, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually, Conan, Conan. eventually, eventually, you got there. Come but Stevie Ray, I do, I do, I, I, I like, Crush. I like the fact that those dudes are in it. And um, <laughs> no, look, n- no, but I mean, but you, you understand what I'm talking I, about. I understand but. that. So it's it's not the stereotypical like faction the cool faction but i actually like that about it because it's different and it is more uh timely for what we are in 2020 in order to do that you know may- maybe you know may- maybe the mix of the personalities isn't perfect for doing what you want to do in this case but i just love the fact that there's just different faces that we can see as the top faction like you said in aw What's up with Santana? Is he concussed or something? And he can't. Or- no, seriously, like, like he wasn't in that match. The other, it was Ortiz and Guevara. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he, I don't he hasn't wrestled in a very long time. He kind of just sits there and kind of goes, "Hmm." You know, he doesn't really. And he's like one of the better. He's probably the best talker of the group, or you know, mm-hmm. up there with you know, he can hang with them. So um, he hasn't really been doing much. So I wonder if maybe I don't think the last time we saw him wrestle was that parking lot brawl so i wonder if he had uh some issues with that after coming out of that match uh injured so yeah I mean, that's, it was a good, very, that's a good question i don't know we, we, we have to thought, send big dave an email or something yeah so i was just curious about that but um yeah, you know some things were entertaining like i said i think you know and jeff's is a natural like i feel oh, like yeah. he can be oh, on yeah. a sitcom or he's awesome a drama um 
Um, and I thought Sammy was good. Like my favorite scene that made me laugh was when they're drunk and like the truth comes out. And he's just like, I hate you. No, I really <laughs> like, like, I mean, how many times have we been there with groups, right? Where oh, yeah. Like, oh, that, yeah that's the, but that's also the part I liked about it was, yeah. you know, you drinking changes the conversation sometimes positively and sometimes negatively. I know. It's just, and, uh, just it, you know, things happen when you drink and you say things or do things, which someone reminded me of a long thing I did a long time ago. You're like, a pretty, I, I can't imagine you caused beef when drinking, though. You're a pretty, like, Ooh, I happy. Gotta, actually, you know what? I got to talk to my buddy Tom about something because I want to see if it really happened. I don't remember it. <laughs> but no, I'm actually a happy drunk, and uh, my, my gimmick, my gimmick. You just tell everyone that you love them. Well, no, not that. It, not, not, not. No, 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 no. I wasn't that guy. That, that guy used to annoy me. But, um, but no, my gimmick was I would never leave a bar quietly. Oh. Like, it couldn't just be like, okay, John, let's go. I'd be like, oh, hold on, I got to talk to this person. I got to tell this girl I think she's cute. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, there's a famous story with, uh, with you know, the Bram Lounge here in San Jose? Uh-huh. I've been there before. Uh-huh. So I'm like, leave. It was just, we're, just, we're all going home. And, and Tom Caster, NXT referee, my buddy, he, uh, he was always he didn't drink, so he's my he's my designated driver, right? So, and so he's like, right, time to go. So we get in his car and we're leaving, and I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on. I get out of the car like Dukes of Hazard on his window, <laughs> out his window, and I just say, hey, 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 sundress. And she's like, what? My, like, you're cute. Let's get back in. <laughs> he's like, what the. F- you do that for <laughs> and that was it like it was like i was like just like just drunk and being stupid you know and mm-hmm. you know i miss those days but you know it was just just uh that was that was me that's that was that guy that was like oh man i got to go give someone a hug oh let me get to talk to that girl give her a hug let her say let her know her hairs look nice or something, you know, something stupid <laughs> some like closing moment i would have to do before i left you know it was just, mm-hmm. just, just stupid all right let's get on to the <laughs> dislikes of this show Oh man, I, well, I have. I mean, I don't have an order of worst to worst, but I have like a, I just have a list here. Um, Pac versus Blade mm-hmm. did not like this match. Return Pac's big return. He's going fifty fifty with a mid card tag team guy. It's like just like why is this match going two segments? They could accomplish everything they need to do with one segment. Kept it shorter. The cutoff spot. Do you, do you can you believe this cutoff spot they did? It's so lame. Like. Pac is like in control at this point, right? And I know, like, I think Bunny tried to do something, but still, like, early in the match. But so he runs out there and confronts her. And then, like, Butcher's behind him, like, dude. And then he just gets clobbered, right? And mm-hmm. for some reason, the referee, for some reason, I was the referee, wondering what the referee was doing. At oh, the- all of a sudden, like, oh, it's because it's convenient for him not to see it. So he's going to go check on Blade. I'm a, are you okay? Is, say, that, that, oh, so, so what I was wondering about that, that specifically is, um, he, so I think Bunny, like, what does she like choke him on the rope or she does something and then she's something. Just, like, she looks at the camera. It, might, it may have been in the, in the picture in picture part. Mm-hmm. And then, so he had the, the referee had to not see that. Yeah. And then very soon thereafter, he had to not see 
the butcher interfere at the so I'm just like, oh man, this this referee, you know, he he had to he had to figure out two times to to not see what was going on. Well, they always bear the referees, and the referees aren't smart enough to protect themselves. Like like he had all these different things you could use to distract ref. You had, you know, the bunny could distract a ref while the butcher does something, or you had Eddie Kingston was just at freaking commentary. He could have walked down and complained to the ref about something real quick, and then the butcher attacked him. But this Pac looked like an idiot just going out there and just turning his back to butcher like he's like like he got caught off guard like no dude you, how can you not see this big old dude in the corner just sitting there waiting to pounce on you uh that was uh that was pretty stupid um just made him look like an idiot which you know what you know what your baby faces or at least a badass guy like Pac to look like an idiot um blade nearly kills Pac on that hanging suplex spot on the ropes you remember that mm-hmm. that was crazy and I thought the post-match was equally dumb. Is Eddie Kingston and Butcher and Blade are attacking Pac? See, this I'll- is the part where we disagree, because I actually like this. You like that Ray Phoenix came out and actually hit his own guy? <laughs> <laughs> springboard in and hit Pac. Yeah, like, that, that, well, that was a botch. It was clearly a botch. And but well, thankfully, the, 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 the camera the, angle was to where it just looked like he slipped. You couldn't actually see what happened. The, the, the guy that can do pinpoint flips and cross bodies to the floor and hit it with just ease can't just springboard the, in a ring. And it, it, it was the same. It was the same. Uh, Vaseline they put on the rope oh, that made geez. Seidel fall on his face. And then, oh my God, here comes Pentagon, which I already knew was going to happen as soon as he walked out. I said he's going to tease. I knew it right away because, you know, if you watch wrestling, this is in the last. Okay, this is, now, this is where we disagree. Hold on, let me because finish. Because I, I didn't see the tease. Or not that I didn't see it, but I, did, I, I didn't think that the tease was like a tease. I, just, I thought that he was very safe and in the middle. He just comes out. He takes his time. He looks at both. He looks at both the chair like he's gonna like he's gonna attack his brother and he's gonna do it. Because remember the whole he's my best Eddie Kingston's Pentagon's his best friend and of course he's gonna save his brother, which is stupid because last week we saw him try to tear the mask off his brother. You know if he cared about him to save him, why last week he's trying to unmask him? You know it's well, a lucha were, mask. It was a match. It wasn't a mask match. It wasn't a blood feud. It was just a match because they last time they wrestled, they got hurt, and they wanted to do it again, I guess. No, I, actually, I know it was booked for Pac to return, but it was just... But, like, that match was stupid because it didn't make sense. Why is he ripping the mask off and attacking his brother like that if there's no real issue between the two? And here we go. Now he's saving him here. I don't know what happened last... I don't know what happened during the week. I don't know if Mr. Pentagon Sr. talked to them, and they, 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 they got together when Mama Phoenix was pissed. And you know now they're back together, but it's just 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 this whole thing was just okay. This this is another. This is sort of um, kind of what I was talking to Tanae about, which is if you are watching really closely, you remember that before the pandemic, Pac, Pack, and uh, the Lucha Bros were team right what were they called the something triangle death triangle death triangle so the whole story has been eddie kingston you know pack has it couldn't couldn't come back so eddie kingston comes in and then he those are his boys now and eddie kingston is very much trying to split up the brothers he favors pentagon over phoenix and he clearly did in the last mat or uh, last week he i mean you know he was he was doing some stuff that if pentagon saw what he was doing he's like okay like you're kind of screwing my brother there so that sort of makes sense to me 
But the announcers did not mention anything. And there was no video package that reminded us that Pack was with these guys before Kingston was with these guys. And now there's going to be this match. And now Kingston's coming out. Like, they, they, everything has to be so subtle, or you just have to remember the story. And again, they're not hitting you over the head with it because I, sort of thought that this is what was going to happen. And I remember the story very much like the young bucks thing that I just explained. I really liked it because like, okay, like that makes logical sense to me. Like you Pentagon can see that Kingston is being a jackass to his brother and trying to kiss up to him. And it's sort of this blood thing. Now, unfortunately, I don't know if he'll be able to do a promo next week to explain that. So we may not really even get the, uh, the reason. Well, Pac should, to the talk. I mean, he's not the best promo either, but he's not bad. He, he's good. He's good, but not, I don't. I don't know if he'd be good at that kind of promo. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But that—that's sort of how I saw it. So I liked it. It wasn't on my likes, but I didn't like. I didn't have the same problem that you had with it. Yeah, yeah. Just I just want a lot of it because because just because it comes back to last week too with the the mass pole ripping and all that kind of stuff, which just left me left me confused. I think that was a little too much. I mean, I, that was, it, it probably was too much because again, it's probably just Penta no doing on his. It, it's probably just Pentagon doing on his own in the Try, match. Yeah, trying I'm to guess. get people into the match a little bit. Yeah, more, which which that if he, if that was the case, in got question his. That's one of your favorite things: luchadors going into business for themselves. Oh, sure, that happens all the time. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Okay, so my like or, or dislike. dislike. Now, I I don't. I have one thing on the dislikes because I thought either most of the things I watch on this show I was totally fine with, or the meant the things that I liked I actually liked. I didn't really dislike anything to where it frustrated me, except for this, which is the layout to the Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa match. That's my next thing. I liked the work. I thought both women were really good. The problem to me is the interference, which did not go to the finish. I thought once Britt hit that move on the on the stage, that if she then throws Rosa in, and I think Deeb hit like a power bomb or something, and I was like, okay, if that's the finish, I really like this match, actually. AEW doesn't do the interference uh, in that way too often, so I was okay with it. But then, that was the halfway point of the match. Mm. Oh, yeah. they all And it just this. kept going and going and going. And Deeb was going to win anyways. <laughs> I know. So, so why, did they, why did they not have her win there? Because they're stupid. That's what I'm telling you. They're, they're, they're not, they overbook stuff. It's overbooking, man. It's a classic overbooking. This match was, as it was going, I was leaning towards, I'm probably going to put this on my likes list, right? And then, and then, you know, Serena Deeb is really good. Thunder Rosa is good. She's still green in some areas. She was kind of late on some things. Timing was off a little bit here and there. Serena had to go get her when she, Thunder Rosa should have been feeding to her, feeding to her, stuff like that. But small little things that you know a lot of people want to catch. But it just, I just see that. Um, the funny, I died laughing when because uh, Serena D's working on uh, 
Thunder Rosa's knee, right? The left knee, she's going for that. I think she has that tequila sunrise uh, submission or whatever the hell she calls it. I forget what she calls it, but um, um, she has that great double arm power driver, which mm-hmm. is her, you know, she did win the match with it this time, but the pay-per-view um, on the pre-show, the buy-in, she did, did hit this power driver, which looked awesome, this face first you know, straight jacket pile driver, whatever you want to call it. And then she finished off uh, Alice K with the submission. I'm like, well, the pile driver is more impressive than that submission you have. But the funniest part about the, the, the Rosa selling her knee, her, her left knee or hamstring, she's selling this and all of a sudden she starts doing the stomp, stomp, to get the crowd into it, the clap, and she's using the lean, the knee that's been working. <laughs> that's been, that she's been selling. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, uh, but yeah, the finish, you're, you're right. Like, uh, the interference, excuse me, Britt Baker comes out and she attacks Thunder Rosa and it leads to nothing. They, they can then have a normal match, which Serena D wins cleanly, right? Just other than, you know, there's, you know, Thunder Rosa's, you know, it's not like it was affected anything because Thunder Rosa made a comeback. Yep. She was fine, like within seconds, you know. Um, just poor, poor booking. And, <laughs> Why would she even attack Thunder Rosa? Isn't Trina Deep the champion? When she want ch- the champion or something? Well, I'm sure think? we'll get the interview from Britt next week. I mean, I'm sure that's what this segment sets up. And, I know, and, and I imagine they're going to feud. But like, without it meaning everything, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't really care. Like Serena, I know it's the NWA Championship, and it's. You know, not the focus, of course, right, of AEW, but they've been getting more time with it. It's like, you would think Britt would want to go for a championship, so that does seem kind of stupid. And then at the end, after after the finish, after Serena wins clean with that face-first power driver move that looks awesome, um, Thunder Rosa, you know, gets up and... Sp- she attacks Brit, who's at ringside. Why is she at ringside in the front row? Once you're a heel and you got some attack on, once you get the hell out of here, get out of there. It's just that she's just sitting there all watching the match now. It's like, yes, yeah, stupid. It's, it's, it was just lazy. And then they had a brawl that was look look horrible. Thunder Rosa threw some really bad punches. Um, they had all the refs come out there, chaos. And I'm like, you can come out for this, but everything else, there's people who are attacked and maimed and bleeding, and you don't come out for that. But for these two women, uh, you having a little scrap, you, you send the whole the whole crew out. Just really overbooked, and it really it's really upset upsetting because it, the, these ladies were having a, a good match, and it was ruined by the overbooking. All right, what else is on your dislikes? I did not like the Jade Cargill attacks Brandy Rhodes segment i thought it just was so quick left field (laughs) so quick and now cargill's associated with nyla rose and um and uh vicky guerrero it was really quick um i thought brandy did a horrible job at selling that and she it just was just so quick and it and plus later on we are early on we saw john moxley was being attacked or he was attacked so well you know you know the same thing that arm in the chair I, I think they've made the chairs a lot weaker over the years because that yeah, that yeah. never ends up in a broken arm anymore. It just ends up in like, a, ow, I got to shake it out. Ow. She'll be she'll be back. She'll be back. But next you know week. what? OK, so I agree with you for the most part. But if you let, let's say now, I, I, I can't imagine there are that many people who are casual fans watching either Wednesday night show. Right. Probably. You know, 75 to 85 percent hardcores. But let's say mm-hmm. someone like my dad 
who he he likes to you know he still has cable and he still likes to go through channels like he doesn't know what he wants to watch he's flipping channels sometimes and he stops it on this jade cargill woman Mm -hmm. he's gonna watch that segment oh no she's impressive looking exactly what you said because she is so impressive looking and she looks like somebody you're like i'm not sure who she is but she looks like somebody so to that to that part that segment is more effective for her than cutting that five minute promo on Cody the week oh, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. because that was not something that she is strong at. This put the camera on her. She's wearing a dress with an open stomach that shows off the washboard abs. I was like, oh my god, like who is this woman, right? Mm-mm. And so that that was very impressive. But yeah, I mean, you know, you're gonna have brandy act and break the arm and that whole thing which again sort of unexplained maybe we have to find out on dark maybe we have to find out on bte well it makes it for makes you and i we don't care we're just gonna say okay well that was just whatever it makes well they, oh, it does make sense because you know the, the last show brandy came out and you know called her, her down called her heifer talked down and she's associated with Shaq. Um, who's, you know, I, I believe they're building to a match between Shaq and Cody, I guess, you know, down the line. So it does make sense why she would do something like that, get a revenge after being, you know, verbally chastised and, you know, on network, on network television. But, you know, I don't know. It just, I just didn't like this. Uh, it was too quick. Plus we already saw backstage, someone hurt backstage mm-hmm. being attacked too. So there was definitely some amateur hour in there. Yes, and then the in the card gold, you know, she's obviously very green. Doesn't know how to really sell the situation. I mean, she looks great, like impressive. All she does is just looks at the camera and just flexes, like you know, like instead of like you know saying something to Brandy and, and you know put a more bass in her voice. Like now I'll get you back, you now you bitch or something. You know, something really just vocalize and but it, it's almost it's like not it doesn't seem like a fair fight to me right like you're like brandy's got to stick up for cody well, that's because the, that's, that's her man heat. right but yeah but in in a fight it's like you know jade, jade is gonna toy with her for the whole time and then all of a sudden brandy's gonna hit like a hurricane rana or something and well i mean you way brandy's been booked at AEW and these women's matches she's booked she's she's accomplished wrestler <laughs> she's yeah you know, i mean not, 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 i mean she's not really that great but you know she wins matches and stuff so all right what else know. is on your dislikes um well top readings guy orange casting kip saban i just said i don't care anymore just i just just it i just was bored i'm just like hurry up get this over it Miro's pretty entertaining at least on commentary at least some of the stuff he was saying like you know oh, reverse and do this and get up <laughs> but like i was just i'm just like i'm okay i'm just waiting for the what next what's coming up next yeah that was sort of my feeling as well which was this is a match orange cassie's gonna do a shtick and i don't like the shtick i actually like it when he has to you know, has to be an underdog babyface where he actually does fight. And so I was just like, yeah, it's whatever. He he's he should win this match. And so that's why I'm not interested. I'm only really interested in him when he's like an underdog babyface and he actually has to wrestle. Because I think yeah. he's I think he can be good, but he's also handicapped by this shtick, which, you know, to a lot of the audience is the charm. So I'm saying handicapped. That's for me you know, people love that, but this is just, I, I don't, I don't get it really. And I still, you know, I don't dislike him. I think he's, you know, I think he's different. So I think that's good, but hmm, I, I, I could sort of take him or leave him in these kind of matches. 
All that buildup from Orange Cassidy and Jericho, and now he's wrestling Kip Sabian, and the program Kip Sabian. I mean, that's got uh, that's like a Jericho miss, right? Like, you know, Jericho. If we if we look back, like historically, we go, okay, Jericho tried, it didn't work. He Cassidy's pretty much at the same level he was before. You are of the opinion that that Jericho even got brought down a little bit. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if he can actually be brought down, but. I mean, it was a miss. It, it was a it was a rare Jericho miss, at least for the last couple of years. I would say rare because he's had misses before, but mm-hmm. this was this was this was a miss for him. Um, the Will Hobbs. Uh, my next on my list is the Will Hobbs heel turn. I mean, not the reason why is not just because I don't. I mean, I'm happy that he's in the spot and he's getting he's gonna be a future spot with this group. It's just that we just we just, I just saw this and you know, with, with Penta a tease of he's going to do this but then is doing something else, very lazy, very um, very uncreative. See, I I, I watch this again now. I, I will I will agree with you about the same sameness, but I watched it again because I was because when you tweeted that I was like, hmm, I need to maybe I didn't watch closely enough. So Hobbs grabs the chair, he brings it in the ring. Mm-hmm. And he specifically drops it on the ground, right? He just drops it on the ground, and it's just basically saying like, "Okay, I'm here with a chair. What's up?" He doesn't lean one way or the other. As a fan, you are thinking he's coming to save Cody, <clears throat> but I think they've had a net. Now, this is where I think they've had enough uh, lead by Taz, who has been saying over and over again. You know, we'll come with us, we'll come with us, we'll come with us. I've never seen Cody say, we'll come with us. So to me, when he turned on Cody, I was like, okay, he's just going to the group who wants him, who really wants him on their team. And that wasn't Cody, because I've never seen Cody or Darby go like, you know, I've seen Moxley say it, but I've never seen Cody or Darby go, you know what, Big Will Hobbs, he's our guy. And that's what Taz has been saying for the last several weeks. So to me, that whole thing made sense. And I don't think when I was watching it, I didn't think, oh, yeah, he's Cody's boy. I thought, oh, well, maybe he's saving Cody. But I never thought that's Cody's guy. And when he turned, I was like, oh, oh yeah, because Taz has been wanting him on the team the whole time. So I didn't see it as a tease. But I do agree with you that two of sort of the same, same angles on the show were a little bit repetitive. Yeah, yeah, very repetitive. And it was the tease is the same same thing, just if done a little different way, but it's exactly the same thing. Um But you know, happy for Will though. He's in a spot. Uh, I don't know if I would like him in that like yeah, now there's three members in that group and then Well he now he's the middle guy, right? Now like, he's, he's not the, the big guy. <laughs> now he's a middle guy, or maybe I'm sure Taz would love to have Cage out of there and have Will Hobbs and, and Ricky Starks. Um so maybe this will be a way for Cage turned babyface, who's probably best suited as babyface. Cage, Cage's finish was scary, I, I, but he pulled it off. But I was like, oh, my God, someone's going to die. Who did he wrestle in the, that match? It was uh, Cody and Darby against Cage and Ricky Starks. Oh, me? The, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I almost got confused. Um, the, the drill crawl? That yeah. About? yeah like, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. <laughs> this thing. <laughs> someone's going to yeah. die in that move. So he beats uh, Darby, which, you know, sets up... Uh, a TV title match between or a TNT title match between them two. So that, you know, I was kind of, I mean, we already saw Starks and Darby do his thing. So you got to take a little break on that. So, you know, Darby beating cage, you know, that's going to be a 
interesting visual to see, but I, th- I think they can hope they can tell a good story with it. Um, also, Cody just comes out his normal entrance, all happy, pumped up. Arn Anderson, th- his wife got hurt earlier, right? Didn't seem too concerned about Brandy elbow. It was nice that they would they would have nice that they would have thrown a, a promo in there. With what uh, about du- what about dumb Arn? <laughs> throwing a chair in there and uh, well, getting okay. upset. Yeah, well, I, I did. I did enjoy dumb. seeing him get upset, dumb. but the way that the way that he did that was really dumb. Dumb Arn. <laughs> oh man, uh, I like. Lo- I personally, I love Arn, but I don't think I don't think say personally, I love Dumb Arn. No, <laughs> like, just, they just made him look really dumb at, at, in that moment. Yeah, it was really dumb. Uh, but I going back to Cody, like after his wife was attacked, I like to have like a little promo, maybe with you know get you know. Wake up Alex Marvez and get him over there and say, <laughs> right before the entrance comes out, right? He's in there. He's like, hey, Cody, you know, what happened to Brandy earlier? We got a comment about that. And he kind of mentions like, you know, I have a job to do and everything. I talked to her. She said, go out and just do my do my thing. You know, just some kind of like thing to kind of acknowledge it. Like he just comes out and like, yeah, all right, cool. Hey, 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 I'm the man here. Yeah. And uh, totally. also that was interesting too that he came out second instead of Darby, who they're, you know, supposed to be their future. Uh, I thought that was interesting, but I also think it works too because Cody can also go heal, and that could be part of this. So I wasn't, I wasn't too hate on that. I saw people were kind of hating on that. I think, I, yeah, I think I that's like part it. of the charm. I think that's part yeah. of the story. Yeah, yeah, like I like. I, I thought that was interesting, but um, but yeah, that was that was it on my uh, dislikes. All right, so before we get to the NXT, because I when I watch NXT. I was frustrated, super frustrated with some stuff, but by the end, like I had, I had a ton of likes and only two real dislikes. But those dislikes just left such a bad taste in my mouth. So yeah, yeah, I really, I really like that show. But um, quickly talk about Bet Online. So UFC 255 is this weekend. There, even though that show is not a big casual fan show, I think there's going to be some good fights. So uh, also. There are going to be some com- competitive fights, except for <laughs> the uh, Valentina Shevchenko match. I imagine the the odds are pretty wide there, but there's going to be some fun stuff. I, I you know, with ESPN Plus, you get the pay per views like a I think a month later. So this may be one of those things. If if I can't get to Tucson by seven o'clock, I won't be able to watch it. But uh, I may have to you know watch this you know a few mo- a few weeks later. But check out you know if you are a uh, diehard UFC better, go to Bet Online because they have so many uh, so many odds and wagers and bets uh, on UFC on Bellator on like they have like future stuff on fights that haven't even happened yet like. You know about things that could possibly happen down the line. So, I think it's a little bit of like a secret uh, thing that people may not even be aware of. You know, I, I don't know what MMA betting is. Obviously, it's you know compared to the NFL, like the NFL is king. Uh, you, you know, you can also do tons of NFL betting on Bet Online. But you know, I I, th- I think if you kind of got some insight on UFC. I see some pretty good odds on stuff there, so I would check out uh, for you know fans of fans of this show are probably going to be pretty smart about the UFC. So I'd take a look at Bet Online to check out some action there. But um, head to Bet Online today, take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Make sure you use promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. BlueWire, all in one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, this is. Uh, Interesting show for NXT because when I saw, I actually forgot that EO and Rhea was the main event. 
And then when I remembered, basically what I do is I mostly save NXT for Thursday. So we, we record Thursday night. I, I, I wake up early about, you know, about an hour before I usually start work so I could start NXT. Then I'll, I'll, I'll watch about an hour and then I'll finish it like when I'm, when I'm eating lunch. And so I was hyping myself up for this EO and Rhea match. I was so fired up for this match. And then I watched the first segment of this show. And then I watched the second segment of this show. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm not as fired up for this show. But thankfully, pretty much the rest of the show after those first two segments was a pretty darn good. So why don't you lead off with uh, your likes on this show? Oh, well, my number one like was the main event. Uh, EO and Rhea was, I thought, fantastic. Um, they got, what, three segments? and What do you do with Rhea, though? I think she might be going to main roster. That's what I'm we, thinking. I think we've said that like the last two times she's lost. I'm, I mean, this is my guess because she's lost. Like, what else could she do yeah. there? Like, yeah. and then SmackDown women have a there's like Spot. mystery people, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I can see here being on Fox. You know, I can that would see, be live. That would be live for Survivor Series for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I could see, I could see that. I mean, that just um, that's the only thing I could think of when she lost. I wasn't expecting her to lose. I actually expected her to win. Me too. Um, but I thought the match was great. Both women worked hard. There was an issue with uh, EO and um, with that, uh, you know, she got a little ding, you know, ding there. The, the commentaries talked about it. And uh, kind of, she, I'm, I'm, I get worried for her. Yeah, I mean, she's been through, I mean, she, think about all the stuff she's been through in Japan and stuff, you know, before this. So, yeah. Um, but she was good and they took time. They had a doctor check her out. Uh, that wasn't rushed. So, um, that was good. Um, a lot of communication in there between the referee, Tom Caster, and the, the, the competitor. So, and they settled down and then uh, they end up uh, having a killer finish in the main event. I thought that finish was awesome. I liked the story of her, like, crawling back, uh, Rhea crawling back in the ring and, and EO just taking advantage and uh, positioning and going up and hitting that moonsault. Both women were really physical and told a great story. And, you know, EO being so small and Rhea being so big, like it just didn't really batter because EO is so ten- tenacious and mm-hmm. she goes forward and, um, she's so, so sensational and, you know, they, they're trying to really make her de- build around a division, the division around her, you know, cause you know, they need to do that once Rhea leaves. So whenever she does, and maybe she's not, but if she's not, that's going to be a tough situation for Rhea, unless they really tell some redemption story was they kind of are always trying to sell with this year. So, um, and it's also why I think this was kind of like quickly put on too, right? Like all of a sudden it's like next week is going to be, or in two weeks is going to be Rhea and EO. And it, which I thought this has been something that's really building up for weeks and to, to, to you know, to get some steam behind it. It's kind of, I felt like it was just kind of thrown together. And if, if the way it's timings wise with Survivor Series being on Sunday, I can see, I can see Rhea doing that. So, um, and that's good for her. So, but yeah, I, just, I thought the match was fantastic. I thought, you know, especially considering what happened earlier in the match and having to get through it, I thought they delivered big time. All right, so uh, that was also on my list, of course. Um, I really, really liked the women's tag. Now, they had three women's matches on this show, two women's tags, and then obviously the main event. So very... One was good, one was was really bad. Yeah, one one was good, which was Tony Storm and Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai and Raquel. And so I mentioned uh, Paul Fontaine and and when he was doing his little ratings analysis. Mm -hmm. He said specifically that women's matches generally gain when it comes to ratings. And 
It's really smart for them, I think, to to really showcase this division because when you have really good women, mm-hmm. I think that the it's it's a fresh thing, right? I mean, we almost had half and half split fifty fifty with women's matches and men's matches. I, I don't I don't think it was exactly, but it was it was pretty close. You don't really see, you know, three women's matches uh, on a show like that. So I really like that part of it. And I thought, you know, this was, I have been, being a Tony Storm fan, I've been a little hard on her comeback. I don't think she's been, had been as great. Uh, and I, I didn't think she was booked very well uh, last week, but I thought she was awesome on this mm-hmm. match. Yeah, this, this match is good. It, it didn't make my likes or dislikes. I just, it's, but I liked it, though. And personally, I thought it was a good match. And especially after that match earlier with the, with the women, which is, which is, will be on my dislikes. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I was like, God, man, these girls better bring it. And you know, it was a talented group though. I mean, I wasn't worried about that. Dakota and Kai I, and Raquel, what a, what a duo, what a duo. Like it's, it's, you know, Dakota Kai is not exactly Shawn Michaels. She does, she doesn't work like Shawn Michaels, but, but she's really good as a heel. She's, she's, you know, smarmy and smart and strategic and Raquel, Raquel's better than Diesel in the Diesel role. I love I love what she does. You know, really made a name for herself with that match with Rhea. And she's uh, at Halloween Havoc. And she's just, she's killing it, man. She seems like a future top lady for that company. And um, really impressive looking. And I just love her finisher, that, that one-armed choke slam power bomb combo whatever it is it's just it's like so simple but so perfect and just her presence is great and her timing's good um there was this one moment in the match where there's a pin on uh on uh Raquel and she was like looking for Dakota or I don't know if it was Dakota one of the two was like looking for make sure the other person was in position to break the count up so she was like looking instead of realizing she needed to have her shoulder down so the ref can count so that kind of that was kind of kind of the little goofy part but other than that I thought the match was really good Tony Storm like I said looked really good um you know I know they're really you know featuring Ember but gosh man Tony just steals the show yep. right when yep. when like that entrance alone like you know they give this big old entrance to Ember but then Tony's entrance happened it's like oh shit this shit's a rock this shit's a rock star she looks great um I, you can't take your eyes off her because she just looks amazing and she's a good wrestler too oh, yeah. and she's hard worker great so. baby face oh man yeah so I mean if Rhea does end up going to the main roster I mean they're they're still sitting good with EO and Tony and Dakota and Raquel and Ember too you can throw her in the mix and and uh so they got a good little little crew there going um it's really deep there was one thing in the interview. So Tony and Ember are interviewed before the match and, you know, they're both sort of on the same page. They, uh, you know, they kind of get screwed here. So they, so they're both, they both want Dakota and Raquel. Like they both have the same beef. And then they both go, but you know, when it comes to the women's title, like, you know, it's, it's sort of, you know, all for one and one for all. And then they kind of look at each other and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I expected them after the interview was done, because this was the tag match, I expected them to walk out or, or leave the, the interview the same way because this is the tag match. They've agreed to, to be on the same team. Mm-hmm. But then they walked in different directions. And I was like, no, like you walk the same way to show that you're on the team. And then when there's a little bit of beef, 
walking different directions is the tell that there is a little bit of beef, right? So I thought that was the only one, the one thing where I was like, I just wish they would have done that a little bit differently. But I love stuff like that. I love the little teases and the little, the little tidbits of information. So you're like, oh, I kind of want to see what happens, you know, in the next couple of weeks with them. Yeah, it's interesting to see maybe with something happening in war games, right? Which um, they're going to be, I guess, with Shotzi. Seems like that's the setup. Um, but it's Candace and Indy Hartwell and uh, Dakota and Raquel versus Shotzi, uh, Tony, Ember, and I guess they have a mystery partner too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's I think you know Rio be good in there, but who knows? Like I said, if she comes. If she goes up to main roster, she wouldn't be. EO could be there, but, you know, EO doesn't have any issue with any of those girls. She's just a champ, right? So she doesn't have to be in, but I don't know who they who they put in there, you know? So so I also liked Kushida and Huas, but uh, it was, you know, it was not like a super long match or anything. The only thing that was interesting to me is that they did this little video. It was a short video package of Huas right before the match started. And I was like, oh, Maybe they're gonna they're gonna sort of. It's not like we haven't seen him before, but maybe he kind of gets redebuted and he beats somebody, and and you know then then you go oh this is kind of a new guy. But no, they had him face Kushida, and once he faced Kushida, I was like oh he's losing. Why did you know? I thought maybe they were gonna try to have him win, but I, I mean I like the match. Both of those guys are are awesome. So that that was really fun. Yeah, uh, Arturo Ruas losing was uh, all my dislikes. The match itself, I liked. Um, I'm a big Arturo Ruas guy. I'm, I'm a big guy. I see so much potential in him. Um, I too was excited, like, and they started showing the vignette. I'm like, oh, cool! You know, they're going to do some vignettes with him, and you know, start building him up, a new character on the show. And all of a sudden, it's like next. I'm like, okay, I hope he kills someone. Yeah, and that's what like I was thinking too. Like, like you said, he, he's yeah, how comes Kushida, and Kushida seems to be, you know itching closer to Finn Balor, right? That seems like he's been on this long winning streak. That just seems so natural. So I was like, oh, man. I mean, I know, I know, like, and they're, they're thinking, they're like, it's okay he loses because he got caught, right? But he still loses. I don't, I don't yeah. believe that. Like, yeah. I don't buy that. I don't buy that shit, honestly. Um, I just think, I, I don't know why this, this happened the way it did or why, like, how it came about, why they decided to throw who else out there like that. But I would just have some restraint and be like okay let's build this guy up let's not just throw him out there um i mean look at the guy one he's legit badass he's probably the toughest guy in the roster right he's probably the, he probably kill anyone in that, that company he's and he looks like a classic movie villain right he just has that face um i mean if this was the 80s you could see him fighting john claude van damme or steven seagal and sylvester Stallone, the whole gambit of 80s and 90s uh action heroes like he'd be that guy right so he just looks awesome he is awesome he's believable because he is real and i just would just He's so simple to book. I could book this guy blindfolded in a coma. <laughs> like, I could do it. I can get him over, Gary. I can get him over and just give me freaking six weeks, dude. I can get this guy ready for someone and get him people talk about it. But simply just coming out and murdering people, you know, two or three weeks of vignettes, you know, uh, four weeks of 
squashes and just be like, holy shit, man, who is this guy? And of course, he was on Underground and all that kind of stuff. He had little glimpses here and there. And he did some stuff on NXT in the past, but he's, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So you can reintroduce this character and talk about his credentials and just have him smash and beat people. And he'll look convincing to do it because he's done it in real life. And he's a good, he's a good worker. He's a good, uh, he's a good talent. So, um, him losing the way he did, I know they think that's protect someone, but to me, it's you know losses are important, and especially NXT, like they really do protect the wins and losses, you know, really well. So it, I mean, I don't know, it's going to take a little while to kind of get that aura back to him, but I mean, he's believable, so maybe he can do it, but I wouldn't have done that that way. All right, what else is on your likes? Uh, well, the the Finn Balor promo leading into the brand the brand coming out or or, there, or for the brand, and then the reveal of you know undisputed era is there, and they had this great brawl. I haven't seen a good brawl like that in a very long time in professional wrestling. Like usually it's just like really poor brawling, and but I felt these guys wanted to beat the hell out of each other. Um, it was convincing. Um, Cole getting Pat McAfee was perfect. Just, just. I was watching I, McAfee the whole time because I was like, okay, well, he's what is he going to do? Because he's never been in this kind of uh, situation where, where, and and because everyone's falling, and then he's got to take a bump, and I'm like, oh my god, is he going to bump on top of other people? But he was fine. No, he no, no, totally no. They, they, come on, you know, and WWE is really good at laying out stuff like this, and and it was perfect because like for weeks he's been talking so much shit, right? And here he gets face to face with Adam Cole, and it's like, even though he had a competitive match with Cole, it was like, well, you know how like you talk a lot of shit, and you know you're ready to fight, but man, then once the situation happens, like, oh my god, it's, we're ready to do this now, and like you kind of get caught off guard a little bit, and like that's what happened here. Like Cole just said, okay, boom, bam, and nails him. He takes this great bump. Um, I loved it. I loved the promo by McAfee again. He's just hitting home runs. I love the whole dead. <laughs> Drake Maverick dead. Mm-hmm. Killian Day dead. He started talking about Pat uh, Pete Dunn. Like he's he's trying to do the Fandango stuff, and Pete Dunn like grabs his arm. Yeah, yeah. Pete is like, yeah. He's like, come on, dude. <laughs> so I, I love like Pete Dunn's there to collect money, be no nonsense, and and everyone in that group really works well together. I, I you know I really wish it was um uh what's his name that got hurt? God, I just feel bad and missing his name. He, Rich Holland, you know, I really, cause you know, it's a big opportunity for him. And I really, it sucks that he's not involved in this because of that position injury. But, yeah, yep. but God, you know, Pete Dunn's doing great. Um, I think Danny Birch is like the unsung hero of the group. Like he plays off Pat McAfee so well. He's the way his facial expressions and stuff. So they have a really good group going. And of course, LSPD air is great. So just great chemistry. Now they're going to be in war games, which is something that we all kind of pretty much were predicting. And, and, uh, I think it's going to be a great match. I think, uh, McAfee is going to be successful in that as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to that that match i'm looking forward to the men's match because it, it feels organic to why we're having a war against the men uh-huh. the women match is just it's just yeah, yeah it's just i just hate that when they have to do it like they had to be equal like no we don't need to be it is it's okay the women don't have a war games they did one already you know like it's okay to take a break when it you do it when it means something you know or if if you're gonna build towards it like you had several weeks to mm-hmm. get the same heat not that you could have done the same angle because you don't want to duplicate that but they didn't they didn't feel the need to do that for yeah they don't they don't, they, they could have had a great freaking tag match or something like that on takeover or, or whatever so but um but yeah i like i like that 
How about you? I did no, I, I like that too. That was the last thing on my likes list. Um I think the one thing, and this is just me sort of selfishly wanting to see this because we've been we hadn't seen we haven't seen Cole in a while, right? Since the take was it the takeover? I think so. It's been a while, right? Or I mean he did a promo after or something. And so yeah, I, wrestling so has been a while. I had to kind of like look to find McAfee and Cole because there was you know, eight other men in the ring. I wish there was either more of a close up to where you really got to see Cole. Cause I was just dying to see what Cole, you know, Cole's facial expressions, how, you know, how, how like, he's got to be pissed. Like, what is he going to do? Um, there was, there was the moment outside the ring. I think, uh, it was Kyle O'Reilly and somebody I wanted Cole to, and, and McAfee to have that moment where you just, it was just only them. So you could actually see a little bit more of the animation, but you know, otherwise that was the only nitpick. Otherwise it was just mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. I thought, I thought he looked pretty pissed when he came out. Adam Cole, he was right there. They, it was just so, uh, everything happened so fast. I couldn't like really, you know, I couldn't really like slow it down so that I could see everything. I guess that's what made it so good because usually with pro wrestling, you have these like big old standoffs and everyone's just, like, there's probably sometimes most, most likely there'll be a lot of jaw jacking back and forth with just, you know, one guy, you know, each guy waiting their turns and the other guy says this thing. And then, you know, this time it was just straight to it, which I appreciated. And uh, I have a couple more quick little likes, nothing, nothing. Yeah, too, go for uh, it. Um, I liked the Timothy Thatcher match with the, uh, is August Gray or mm-hmm. I think it's August Gray. Not that the, you know, the match was basically just not an overall squash. I mean, I think uh, August Gray is a good good little worker. I don't know what you do with him in the roster though. I don't know. I think he'd be like he's a good job guy. I guess you know. I don't. I don't know if I see him as anything there. But uh, but what I liked about it was Tim's Timothy Thatcher's performance. I thought he just looked great. You know the facial expressions, everything he does, like he just he, it means something. Um, and it's so funny to me because this is a guy that was didn't want to go to WWE for a very long time, and it's been talked about and it's out there already. Like the story, like he and basically he had a offer to go there anytime he wanted, right? Just call us, call us, we'll sign you, you know. And he just you know wanted to do his own thing and just thought maybe it wouldn't be the place for him. And but he's like doing really well with this television you know like the way he, in a sense he was kind of playing hard to get not that that was the reason why he didn't want to go there necessarily mm, or why he was, said no but that often works when they really want you and you're like eh, i kind of got this other thing they're like what like how it's not like, it's not like that though that's that's the thing that's what's so amazing about tim like he's like He's not doing it to get more money. No, I don't. I don't think he did it purposely no. like that. I think yeah. he was genuine. In, in mm-hmm. but it, it to, if you're WWE, you're like, what? Like, what is this guy? Like, would he has something better than what you know? And so, so maybe it did work out for. I don't know what the money was, but maybe it worked out for him. You know, later when he did decide, I'm hoping that it worked out for him. No, oh, I'm sure it did. I think. Um, I think it's also one of those things too where you're like, you know what, I'll just give it a chance. If I don't like it, I don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. You can always, you know, get out of it or, you know, so um so for him, but like, you know, just not, he's not he's just he wants to be a wrestler. He wants to have these you know, these shoot style matches and be him, right? And he just doesn't want to get like, you know, he's worried about that he's gonna treat him, you know, bad or how not come, use it how correctly. Come he didn't end up on the UK side. Well, he's from here, so. Um, but wasn't he working in Germany or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he did that. But you know, I mean, I like him on the U.S. roster. Personally. No, I, I, I like him for. And he's sure. part of Imperium. He was right, part of but Imperium. that—that's why I was thinking is because you know those guys. 
Well, the, I think when he debuted soon was like the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he wasn't going out there anyway. So, uh, but I was just like, like, you know, him's like facial expressions, the cameras and like, he's doing a really good t- job of the television side of it. I just thought that was straight. I'm like, you know, man, Tim, you're, you're worried and look at you, man. You're just such a natural at this, you know, such a awesome. perfect face for pro wrestling and for pro wrestling television. And the third thing, the fourth thing I liked, and I didn't like the first segment, I wasn't happy with Damian Priest, you know, I thought it was a little too cutesy when he came out and punched uh, Leon Ruff. And the, that is that is a one in my no. dislike list. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's up there too. But um, I just, that was a little too cutesy for me. But what I did like I, was what they did afterwards. Personally, I like the fact that Ruff's like, "Why is everyone thinking me like a joke? Why is this funny to you?" Like. You know, I kind of like that part of it. I like that storytelling of the young underdog, like, doesn't want to be treated like a joke. And we talked about last week, oh, this is just a joke. This is goofy. Why are they doing this to the North Korean title? But, like, you know, they had plans. And, you know, Leon but Ruff's it, like. But it's so inconsistent because he's saying that. Mm-hmm. But his action uh, in, in when they did the little brawl thing and he runs out, like, his action is actually saying the opposite, right? And then he. You know, and then he's like finally finds the courage when the guys aren't there to go like, you know what? I'll take on both of them. I it's just too. I can't. That's but why he, I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out. But is he, he came a out, joke or is he not a joke? No, he's not a joke. I think he's not a joke. He's he's uh, he's he. Everyone thinks he's a joke, right? Initially, but now he's like wants to prove that he's not that he's in this wrestling game to be a star and to be a winner and etc. and become a a great North America champion. But when his brawl with when Damon Priest came out for his match versus who knows who he's going to wrestle, right? They never announced his opponent and Johnny Gargano attacked him like. You know, Leon Ruff came out and did moves and took it to him. He wasn't running away. They're they're just you know. He- but when when they decided, they're like, okay, we need to get this little well, shit. It's two guys versus one, which which. You know, but that's the match. What? But that's going to be the match. But he got he he made a statement. Why is he going to sit there and get his ass kicked? No, no, or, no, no. I know? know, but I'm just saying like the the, the actions don't aren't all like I, I, the the hard part that I have is. Now, we, we let's get into the, the dislike part of it, which is mm-hmm. he's got the match with Gargano again, and then Damien Priest comes in, and he punches Ruff right in the face, mm-hmm. and he's like, sorry, kid, and he does it. That makes him a joke. That does not make him a fighting champion right that's, so but, but listen that's what we're that's what we're okay that's what we're still on like oh man he's just he's just a pawn in this game between priest and gargano but then we quickly find out he's not a pawn in this oh, game okay but we don't find that out we find that out in the end he says but it's a story we had to get right. there no 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 right we can't just tell you all but, in one segment but so far to me the story is not great. Now the story may end. Oh, up I don't think great. it's the greatest angle of all time. I'm just thinking like I like where they're going with it now. So, uh, so in like Priest could have punched Gargano and it would have still been the same DQ, right? So that part, whatever, uh, is okay. I, I, I like him sticking up for himself, but it's just I'm still not convinced. And this is also me. As a WWE fan, having seen this moment, and in WCW, having seen this moment over and over and over again, which is, I get excited about somebody, 
I'm not super excited about Leon Ruff yet, but you get excited about somebody and then they just don't do whatever you want as a selfish wrestling fan with them. So I'm super skeptical when it comes to WWE pushing talent. Now, NXT has a better track record when it comes to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But because of the how this angle has taken has taken so far, it leans way more towards what WWE would do. So I think that's where my distrust is. Well, I mean, let's look at, let's look at Sean Walton's debut and he, you know, he loses for weeks and finally gets that big upset win over Razor Ramon. Right. I'm not saying that. I mean, that's when Vince is still Vince though. Right. I'm not saying that the young rough will get to the heights of Sean Waltman as the one, two, two kid. I'm just saying like, remember Waltman, or one, two, three kid, once he got that pin, he didn't want to come back and wrestle. <laughs> Remember? He's just like, well, it's because he, he, he took the money. He took the money and he's like, oh, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm good. And, you know, that, and, you know, so he was kind of a, you know, kind of a goofy joke kind of character. But eventually he, you know, won the crowd over. And I think, but I like what they did here when they, the, once the backstage segment and, and Priest is still like, oh, don't worry, kid, man. It's all right, man. I don't worry. You know, I did what I did. And as an afterthought, and Leon Ruff's like, Listen, I'm not an afterthought, man. I'm not a joke. I'm here to really be a, a, a fighting champion and a great champion. And if you don't think so, then just take the belt from me. Like, 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 like is that what you think of me? That's what you, you know. I, I like that he showed some. And I liked what he did with Regal going to the office and demanding a three-way match with uh, um, Gargano and Priest. And like, I'm not avoiding anyone. He wants, to, he wants to wrestle. He wants to fight. You know, he wants to prove himself. So I can get behind that. I can get behind I, that. I, I guess I like it. I don't trust it that is i i think that's where i'm sitting right now yeah and I, and in the match itself i like the match itself i just don't know how to finish i'm trying to think of what i would do I, I really didn't think about what i would do at the time i just remember thinking like ah because i was a little worried about the you know how long is this going to go on with mm-hmm. leon ruff as north American champion as a joke though like he's going to be where you know he's always getting knocked out and priests throw him over his shoulder and taking him to the back you know or something like that or always protecting him and and just like but not like taking him like seriously you know or just he's just a pawn but mm-hmm. he's not a pawn he's he's well we'll he's, see he may we'll he see. may he may still be a pawn that that's where my distrust is mm-hmm. i think he's he's still not gonna have a long run i don't think that's that's i don't think it's gonna happen i i think he might slip out and win this match with uh in this three way i really do i think he might slip out and win it i mean that'd and be I, cool i, I, I think, think it'd be cool as long as i mean i i don't imagine He's, he, you know, he's not going to win in the super impressive way. And maybe it is taking advantage of the other guys who hate each other so much. And I would be yeah. fine with that yeah, as long as it's not this slip on the banana peel thing that we we've seen happen with smaller guys over the years. I think he'll take he'll take advantage of uh, someone in the match and get a pain. I don't know what, you know, obviously the Gargano and Priest, they hate each other. They, you know, that's the feud, and something's going to happen there where I think Leon Ruff's going to benefit from it and retain. And I still think that Ruff's going to run into a brick wall, and it's going to be Bronson Reed. And I think Bronson Reed's going to win the championship because you know he's uh, he's waiting to he's waiting to come out and destroy some people. So um, Vader. You know, yeah, I hope so, man. I love that guy. <laughs> um, okay, let, let's quickly get through these dislikes uh, so we can get out of here. Um, oh, dude, the blindfold match. I hate... This oh. was my number one. I hated it. You're, you're I, right. I, I misspoke. So, this is my worst. This is, I this was is my number one. I was so freaking pissed, dude. I was like... First of all, I'm like... We saw the angle last week. 
I told you last week on the podcast, okay, blindfold match is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It happens like right the next week, I right? Know. I'm I like, know. I'm like, dude, we could have built to this. It could have been a couple of promos. I know not, not Dexter, he could draw a picture, but like, you know, uh, Cameron Grimes could have done a promo building to it and sign, and Regal could have signed it, et cetera. And all of a sudden we have it here and they don't deliver it. It's just, it's just, uh, bunch of gaga man that's what it is and i was like i was just like so disappointed like if you're gonna do this match do it it's not my favorite kind of match and not a big blindfold match guy but like if you're gonna do it just do it yeah. right but yeah. and it kind of takes the steam off their program and i'm guessing they're gonna do obviously they're gonna do another match i don't know what it's gonna be it's gonna have to be some kind of a stipulation match it's gonna have to be some kind of a, a gimmick thing because they can't just end a feud on a regular match yeah i don't know what it's gonna be but it better be freaking good it better be something brutal and um because what this was was just a complete freaking waste of time i was just really just ugh. yeah so, that was the that was the that was the thing that was on my list too those were my only dislikes was uh the beginning of that uh gargano thing and then this this was this was the worst thing on both shows to me yeah i agree i agree definitely as like just not not that's just a match ever just like the of just disappointment mm-hmm. I would think right um and the, as a match that really just stunk was that Candice LeRae, Andy Hartwell, Casey Kenanzaro and Caden Carter match I had that on my list too it just you know Indy has the tools she's still so green um I she just seems like she's out there kind of memorizing stuff and kind of just kind of going through the motions um I don't know because I know certain people don't go. I think some people are just TV people. Some people are at the PC. If uh, I think maybe she should do both because I think it would be beneficial for her to continue to training. And um, I just was just that was just a just was just a stinker. It felt like practice wrestling. Honestly, it just felt like. Like I felt like this is what they practiced before the show, and I'm seeing it now, and I'm seeing what they're going through, and there's no intensity. This show was live. yeah okay yeah Yeah, because i was going i was like thinking like man i wish they could call an audible and 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 figure out something else or maybe just take it off completely it wasn't on my dislikes list because Mm. i uh i think um this candace character works really well in a match like this and so i wasn't bored it did look like amateur hour in in some spots but i i didn't i didn't i wasn't like aghast watching it I'd rather have I'd rather just have a promo between Candace explaining Indy why she's there, why you know, why she's with her. I know Indy wanted you know, was selling her TVs and et cetera, but like what's Indy's motivation for joining up with Candace? So give me a promo like that or hey, what does Indy even sound like? She's Australian, right? Yeah, I wonder if she does. She have an accent? Like, I have no idea. I just, I mean, I know what she Beliefs, looks like. But, I believe so, but I, I feel like, like the, I don't know anything about her. I feel like she's like the tools are there, right? She's an apprentice and we, like, you know, apprentice and she has these tools and she just needs to figure out how to use them correctly and where to put them. And, and then she'll become a great, you know, a great, uh, competitor. I just, I just think, I know she's a project and, but you know, she has good size, but yeah, this really, uh, I wouldn't say, I'm not saying it's all her either. I'm not saying this, this match was all her, I mean, she stood out to me. I'm just pointing her out right now. But like, Caden Carter and you know Casey, they they st- they just have that 
that performance of just like they're going through it. They're just going through what they practice. And I don't see any intensity. I don't see any struggle. I don't see any ad lib out there. It's just, they're just going through it. And, um, it was really like, I was like, man, that's this first hour to me. I mean, the Gargano rough match itself, that match itself is good. I liked it, but once the blindfold hit match hit, and I was really I had a really bad taste in my mouth. And then <laughs> this match happened. I was like, "What? Yeah. This is does not seem like that's, that's what I was saying. Know? I was so excited, and then those first three matches, the two matches mostly, but those segments brought me down. But I was thankful that you know it, I, I was and, I was and just and just like you, I, I, it 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 affected my anticipation for EO and Rhea because I'm like, man, I hope they deliver. I think they will, but like I'm just kind of like just eh. First hours, huh? Last hour was just tremendous. Yeah, it was a complete opposite. Um, okay, so that is it for here. Uh, John and I will be back on Monday, and then again on uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning for our special Thanksgiving uh, Survivor Series review. But we'll be back with WCW Saturday night and Clash of the Champions on Monday, along with Akila Cash. So for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.